Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Guys being dudes. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Put it in the corner! Why the f*** do I watch this game? One of the local writers, Adam Hoagie, or Hog, excuse me, I don't know how to pronounce the last name. From CHGO, it's Adam Hogue. Hey, George. Hi, Adam. Uh, and from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Adam Johns, go ahead. Hey, Matt, how, how you doing? Um, Coach Ditka versus the Hurricane, who would win? Ditka, Ditka. Hold on, hold on. The name of the hurricane is Hurricane Dick. Here they are, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in, Hogan Johns, with you. Week 17, Johnsy. We are almost to the finish line. Two games to go, and no one knows what to expect. This used to be it. When we first yeah. started doing this podcast, this would be this would be the last week of the year. Yes, I mean seasons used to end on December 28th. And now they go till uh, March. March, yes, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. It's so weird with the Super Bowl being right before Valentine's Day, and then all of a sudden you're at the combine two weeks later. Right, right. bam! Yeah. Here comes the NFL owners' meetings. Yeah, this is a small thing, but like if you talk to anybody who covers the NFL, the losing the there used to be three weeks between the Super Bowl and the combine, and that like losing that one week, everybody shows up to Indianapolis just like. What the hell? Why? Like we're here already? Like it's a new season? Yes. Like this is really does not stop. So, um, yeah, it's it's crazy. But I don't hate it. I mean, and I think we're, we're, there's might come a day where we have one more game added to the schedule as well. Um, but for now, two more games to go. We're here with you, Bears and Falcons this week at Soldier Field, last home game of the year. Johnsy, the Bears have a chance to win their fifth straight home game. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Wow. Sneaks up on you like that. I actually did not even put that together until Matt Eberflus mentioned it in his press conference yesterday. Of course he did. Um, yeah. That, Took a little subtle uh, resume builder. That was the happiest I've seen Flus in a Wednesday press conference in a long time. That's interesting. Like just reading the room, mm-hmm. when his opening statement like got into the, like some analysis of the opposing team, this week being the Atlanta Falcons, I'm like, wow, this is... Like, what is happening here? And I was, like, distracted, too, because, meanwhile, on X or on Twitter, like, the the Denver Broncos are imploding. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Russell Wilson is, is being benched and all his money is being eaten. And here's Matt Eberflus um, giving you the injury report, giving you detailed answers and what he expects from the Falcons. It just felt different to me from the outset. That's oh, interesting. I mean, Justin Fields press conference as well, which I want to hit on here. Uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter at Adam Hogue at Adam Johns. You can read Johns on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. Um, you can find me at allchgo.com. If you are a CHGO diehard, my newsletter comes out on Friday mornings and gets you ready for every game um, throughout the season. So we got a couple more of those to go, and you can get that tomorrow. So go to allchgo slash allchgo.com slash diehard to become a diehard. And we appreciate that support. John, I mentioned it's December 28th. It's uh, really hard to believe, but it's been two years since we lost our good friend, Jeff Dickerson. Um, And in his honor, we will be giving out the good guy award, which was renamed after JD, after he passed away two years ago, which was a uh, a phenomenal idea by hub Arkish um, and is now on that name. Uh, Cole Komet won it last year. Um, it's still too early in the morning as we record this to reveal this year's winner, but that will be announced later today. JD's family will be in attendance, um, which is which was really cool last year to do with them on the anniversary of JD's death, and we're going to do that again today. Um, and if you are, I know a lot of people listen to this podcast um, because we went through this two years ago when we, you know, all got together and, and remember JD on the show. Um, 
a lot of our listeners love JD, loved covering him, followed his coverage for years. And so we know you all miss him too. Uh, a great way to remember him, if you can do it, of course, is to uh, check out the Vaughn McClure and Jeff Dickerson Foundation and maybe make a donation here at year's end in JD's name. Uh, if you want to do that, tvmjdfoundation.org. TVMJD. Those are basically the initials for the Vaughn McClure JD Foundation. So tvmjdfoundation.org, and you can hit that donate button. Yes, please do. Two things I'm thinking of right now is how much JD would find it hilarious if you and I revealed the award winner on this show and how right now. angry and how angry Pat Finley would be with us. <laughs> uh, just his reaction. I, I would. I would. I, I, I'm get emotional a little bit. I, I would. Love it. Um, maybe we should do it, but no. Yeah, I, well, he would I, think it's funny. Well, we, we're not technically live right now, so <laughs> yes. As, as we record, you know, we're still hours away from presenting the award, but um, that would make him laugh hysterically, I think. And there, there's been multiple times this season, like as negative as it's been covering the team, especially like early on, where I've missed. Like my seat is just a few away from where JD used to sit. Yeah. Like how he would just come in with just overwhelming positivity even though it was we're surrounded by negativity sometimes um you know him walking in with his big bags of <laughs> chipotle or panera with you know with his big drinks and all the time and you know the the high guys and he's always got the you know the suit you know on his tv days and whatnot um i really miss that yeah he had uh, a way to give us pep talks when things were getting Guys, guys, guys. Yeah. <laughs> kind of just wait. Sometimes too serious and too stressful. It, it tends to happen, uh, especially covering this team um, when they're losing. And, you know, th- there's drama and coaches are getting fired. Like there was many times this season where I could, uh, you know, I could have used one of those pep talks, quite frankly. So, um, yeah, we miss JD. And, um, Still can't believe it's been two years, which is which is unbelievable. So, uh, yeah, again, check it out. The Vaughn McClure and Jeff Dickerson Foundation. It's it, it, it put that together in honor of of both guys that that we knew well and covered this Bears team. And um, Vaughn covered the Falcons too. That's who he was. Co- that's the team he was covering when he passed away. So this was you know this, up, huh? to have this the matchup this week is 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 kind of crazy. And um, both of them. You know, or just outstanding individuals that always made you f- feel, you know, put a smile on your face when you talk to them. So check it out. The Vaughn McClure and Jeff Dickerson Foundation. All the money that goes to that foundation gets split up into various causes that both of them uh, cared about deeply. And um, it's just a great way to remember them. So in the meantime, um, we do have a game to break down between these two teams that these two guys covered, the Falcons and the Bears. Um, we're going to have Josh Kendall, who covers the Falcons, jump on here in a couple minutes. I, I did want to touch on Justin Fields' press conference yesterday. You were in the room. I was listening to it live uh, on my drive home from CHGO. And uh, it just, I, I, again, it's, well, I'll let you go ahead since you you were in the room. It just, but I know you sort of feel like it was just another week where the inevitable just seems to be on the horizon. Yeah, it, it's, like part of what we do in our job is well, reading, reading the room in a sense, right? Like body language, answers, and this is not the first time, but in the past few weeks when you talk to Justin Fields, you hear from Justin Fields, whether it's doing interviews on WGN or yesterday, where there's a sense of finality with him, where this, this is it. It's coming to an end. I don't know if you got that impression yesterday. But I definitely did, again, um, being in that press conference room at Alice Hall. Yeah, I, I, the only thing I get careful with is like not wanting to make that conclusion off the right. questioning, you know, because there seems, you know, a lot of the questions, and rightfully so, are geared in that direction. And I think Justin, once again, is doing his absolute best to try to keep the focus on the fact that there's a football game to win this week and, you know, to to, to be where his feet are as Matt Eberflus and Chuck Pagano and basically any football coach ever likes to say. Um, so that's what's – it's almost gotten to the point that it's a little awkward because 
I mean, I mean, and I, and I understood the question, but like even Courtney yesterday asked, a great you know, have you ever had to Courtney. face this many questions about your future before? Um, and he's, and his answer was basically like, no, I probably would have when I was at Georgia, but they didn't let the freshmen talk to the media. So I didn't have to do that, but you know, it's, it's just a weird situation all around. I, I guess, well, well media is absolutely in part to blame here because we ask the questions and, in my experience covering this team, we're now in, what, 12, 13 seasons? And I think we've experienced this with all the main quarterbacks. I remember asking Jay Cutler myself when he got benched for Jimmy Clausen, do you think you've played your last game for the Chicago Bears? And he goes, basically, yes, it's crossed my mind. And then he ended up sticking around past Mark Dressman and um, Phil Emery. Didn't he um, also play the following week because Jimmy Clausen was so bad? No, he, uh, Jimmy Clausen got hurt. Oh, that's right. Concussion, right? Yeah, that's what it was. Um, I still, can't, was, believe, I still was, can't believe they benched Jay Cutler for Jimmy Clausen. And he was bad. But this is what we cover. Um, in my experience, again, this is 12 seasons, you get the big question, big quister, big picture questions because the record tells you change is coming, right? That that there's the proverbial writings on the wall, have you, especially in those Trestman days, right? Like you knew change was coming. So it's all about the big picture because the micro isn't that important when you know the, the macro is going to change. Um, even at the end of the Trubisky era, right? You, have, you had a lot of that, especially when they didn't pick up his uh, fifth-year option. And he came back because Nick Foles was so bad. There was a lot of that. So... Um, it can be a bit awkward, but this is what happens when things don't work out. If the records well, were reversed, the questions would be different. So it is possible that this is Justin Fields' last game at Soldier Field as the Bears quarterback. Um, and you have to imagine that is crossed my yeah, mind too. Against yeah, the Falcons of all teams. I was going to say, and this could, it theoretically could be against the team that he could be playing for next year. You'd put certainly put the Falcons. I would on the list of teams that would have some interest. Now, that being said, uh, Josh Kendall covers the Falcons and has a much better feel for, uh, you know, what the Falcons would want at that position. What uh, who's who's going to be their head coach, right? Like that could factor in um, the situation. Can can a, if if he's in sort of a lame duck situation next year, not, not Josh Kendall, but Arthur Smith. Um, can they afford to go down a risky move of, of trading for Justin Fields or do they need to start all over? That's part of the conversation that's happening in Atlanta right now as they are middling seven and eight team that's underachieved this year and comes to Soldier Field um, in a game that they probably feel like they should win even though they are three-point underdogs. So let's go ahead and bring Josh Kendall into the conversation and uh, get his take on all this. All right, let's bring in Josh Kendall, who covers the Falcons for The Athletic. You can follow him on Twitter, at JoshTheAthletic, and you should be as the Bears get ready to face the Falcons this weekend. Josh, I can't figure out the Falcons. This team, are they good? Are they bad? Is Arthur Smith coming back? Help us out here. No, I mean, I don't think you can make the argument that they're good. They should have been good. You know, they came into the year, Arthur Blank said this was year three of a three-year plan because that's how it had been explained to him by Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith. Um, they sort of took their medicine. They thought they were taking their medicine with two seven and ten seasons the last two years, and this was going to be the year um, that, it, that it paid off for them. The NFC South did everything it could to provide, you know, a nice and easy road for them, <laughs> and still – this team is, you know, could be staring another seven and ten season in the face. Its chances of making the playoffs are slim to none. We've seen some flashes on offense and on defense. The defense has actually been pretty good. That only increases the frustration. You know, this is this is a seven and eight football team um, in the worst division in football. I think Arthur Smith will be back. I'm, there are no guarantees of that. Um, I think as much as anything, that's the point with Arthur Blank is and his ownership of this team and his life. I'm not sure unless he just absolutely has to. He wants to make a coaching change, and I think if you're the owner, you can you can find reasons to, for hope. 
I've heard this argument, well, nationally, I've heard it even locally on the radio here in Chicago, that the Falcons are just a, a quarterback away from being one of the better teams, one of the best teams in the league. So is that true, and who's that quarterback in the future? From being one of the best teams in the league, no, I, that that's you know that's unrealistic. From being a decent team, a playoff team, if they had a if they had an average quarterback, average quarterback play this year, would they be a playoff team? Yeah, I think that's fair to say. The quarterback play has been really poor. The defense, um, barring a you know, a, a, I say a few, but it was really four straight late game letdowns that cost them games that are understandable given how much weight they carry have carried all season and all game um for this offense if this team gets average quarterback play they're in the playoffs who is that quarterback i don't know everybody especially this week will say it's justin fields i'm not convinced that it's going to be for a variety of reasons but if you're arthur smith right now and you're convincing arthur blank that you need to come back for a fourth year which i mean i think it's reasonable to suggest that's what's going on behind the scenes then what you have to do is convince him of that very fact. We're just a quarterback away. I finally put all the pieces in place. I thought it was going to be Ritter. It really would have been great if it was a Ritter who's a third-round pick, but it's not. Now I know who my guy is, and this is my guy. I don't think you're, if you're Arthur Smith at this point you can even sell. I'm going to go get a quarterback. You have to say to your owner, I'm going to get that guy. I know I can get him by doing this, 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 and he's the answer. So I was going to ask you, the Justin Fields conversation, it gets talked a lot about up here that the Falcons would be an obvious fit. Is it that big of a storyline down there? Is it just something that sort of comes up every once in a while? Yes, I think it's I think it's almost as big a storyline down here because of Justin's connections to the state. Um, And you see a lot of outside talk saying Justin Fields is Arthur Smith's ideal quarterback. I think all of that is overblown. I think Arthur Smith, the, the idea that Arthur Smith wants a guy of Justin's skill set for his offense is wrong. Arthur Smith would rather have – we're, we're living in a hypothetical world here, but if you went to Arthur Smith and said, you can have Kirk Cousins or you can have Justin Fields, that, that that's not a conversation for him. He wants a quarterback. Look at Desmond Ritter, the guy that he really thought was going to work. Desmond is – just athletic enough to run some RPO, to run some zone read stuff, to get out of trouble every now and then. But Je- but Desmond Ritter is not a great athlete. They picked Desmond Ritter because they thought Desmond Ritter was a quarterback in sort of the traditional sense of the word. That's what Arthur Smith wants more than a guy who is a dynamic threat in a variety of ways, including the run game. That's one of the reasons I don't think they go after Justin Fields. They also passed on him in the draft, right? Too right. Like there's, they had their shot. And when Trey Lance, who is not the same, but you could argue as has similar skill sets, was available, and and Trey Lance was available for eighteen months, the Falcons had no interest in that whatsoever. I just don't. I, I think the I think we've gotten carried away with the idea that Arthur Smith just wants a guy who's going to be dynamic in the run game. So how about the quarterback that's there now with Desmond Ritter, who took over last week, got a win, Taylor Heineke, and I know he you know, had his chance earlier this year too and struggled. Just what did, What's the talking point down there uh, about what Taylor Heineke gives the Falcons right now in this moment you know, to try to sneak into the playoffs and just do better than what Desmond Ritter was doing? Right now, he just gives them a little bit of hope, and he gives them a, he gives them an excuse to sort of unclench their various body parts. This is a team that had just gotten so so tight, and you could see why they were giving games away. You know, they know that they should be in the playoff hunt. They know that they're realistically not. You know, it was just it had just gotten really really tight. So Taylor Heineke not only gives you just a different option at quarterback, but he's a guy who has said. I, I promised myself three or four years ago, anytime I get a shot, I'm going to let it all hang out because that's when I'm at my best. I'm not going to put the weight of the world on this thing. I'm playing with house money, frankly. I didn't think I would be in the NFL this long. We're going to go out there, and we're going to let it fly. And normally, I think that would drive a control minded coach like Arthur Smith nuts. 
But right now, it has helped this team just relax a little bit and cut it loose. It looked good last week. That you know that style can also get you a four interception game in a heartbeat. So the Falcons are just hoping you get two more good games. You win those two, and you get all sorts of help. B. John Robinson, the Bears drafted his backup, but you're covering the actual superstar. <laughs> I mean that with all due respect to Roshan Johnson, but but how good has B. John Robinson been for the Falcons, just in terms of of making that offense work when there's changes at quarterback? It's been very good. He hasn't been great, but he's been very good. He's been on a kind of a roller coaster ride, which you expect from rookies, but but has also been exacerbated by the quarterback play. It's been exacerbated by what I would suggest is some not panicking the coaching staff, but you know I, I think that offensively they jerked the wheel back and forth trying to find something that's going to work. And so sometimes you get a heavy dose of Bijan Robinson. Sometimes you get a much lighter dose of B. John Robinson. When you get a heavy dose, it usually looks pretty good. He's not a guy. He's not an old school back. He can run between the tackles, but you're not going to line him up and run him. He's not going to be your primary back. You're going to run him between the tackles. You can see why if everything else works. He's a great fit in this offense, though, because you've got Tyler Algier who can take those yards. You throw him in as a dynamic piece like Cordero Patterson, who's a little less dynamic than he was. But Drake London, you know, he, he is – is the wrong term because he's more than that but he can do a lot of things and he he is not going to be a guy you build your offense around but he can be a great change of pace josh uh, we had a running joke here especially last year that the falcons were turning into the bears south because it seemed like so many players uh, from the previous regime here under Ryan Pace, were migrating uh, down to the Falcons last offseason. With him. Yeah, with him, um, uh, which leads to the question, you know, what exactly is Ryan Pace's role in that organization? How much say does he have over, or influence is probably the better word, over, you know, any decisions that are being made? Because it sure did seem like for a while there he got added to that Falcon staff, and then all of a sudden these former Bears players were, were and none of them were that great, but a bunch of them were, were jumping down there. It's hard to know in this organization because they really pride themselves on being really tight-lipped. I think, and, and I think they do as good a job of that as anybody in in the in the league in terms of maybe you know letting people outside the building think things that are not necessarily true inside the building. But I will say this: they put a huge premium on knowing a guy. We, we know what that guy's like on a day-to-day basis. We have seen him in the locker room. We have seen him work. Regardless of what it looks like on the field, we, you know, we believe that, you know, there are guys out there who are portrayed as something they are not. So we would like to have firsthand knowledge. So anytime they have that, they're going to err on the side of that guy. So what Ryan did with the Chicago guys was he could vouch for them. Yes, this guy's not going to be a problem in the locker room. Yes, this guy's going to work the way we want him to work, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think it's any more than that. I do still think Terry Fontenot is the guy who's running the show here. What do you think Ryan Pace – well, I guess to further this conversation with Justin Fields, like do you think Ryan Pace would have enough influence or his his, his backing would be enough for the Falcons to, to take a serious look at Justin Fields? No. I think that Arthur Smith will make you know, will get ninety seven percent of that vote. Um, so I I don't even think that uh, you know I, I do think that they work collaboratively. My gut, my sense is that it's fifty one percent Arthur and forty nine percent the front office. Does that dynamic change as Arthur Smith loses a little footing with the organization? Maybe it does, but at the quarterback position, that's a ninety that's a ninety something percent Arthur Smith decision, I believe. Yeah, and and that I mean, in terms of making the decision, that makes sense. I, I still think that you'd want to tap into, you know, if you have a guy in your staff that drafted the kid and you know knows what went wrong in Chicago, and I'm sure has been still watching him closely. I would think you'd still lean on, you know, where he would be at in that evaluation, even if that evaluation, Josh, is, you know, what it didn't work out. He wasn't quite the guy we thought he was, and 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 you know, maybe maybe we shouldn't trade for him. Yeah, I think that here's here's what it comes down to for me. I think that Justin Fields is a great value and a great option 
for somebody who has the luxury to say this might work and might be a home run, Arthur Smith has used up all of his this might work play. Arthur Smith has got to find a guy that he can sell as this will work. And you can't sell that with a straight face to anybody with Justin. Fair or not, I mean, Justin might be a home run. Somebody might trade us two and a four for Justin Fields and look like the smartest team in the league next year. I could absolutely see that being a possibility. But you can't sit here and say that's a guarantee. And if you're Arthur Smith, whether it's true or not, you've got to be selling. This is the guy. I know he is going to be the guy. Josh, this is my last question for you. You have the Bears right below the Falcons in your power rankings. Um, so how the heck did they lose to the Carolina Panthers two weeks ago? This is the Atlanta Falcons experience, you know. <laughs> they, you know, they they can be – they can they've had six 400-yard games, which I think only the Dolphins have done better than that. And then they just throw out some stinkers. And then Arthur Smith plays really conservatively in the rain, and you're going down into – you know, you're at you're at about two and a half minutes. You're driving. You're at the ten yard line. You're up seven to six. You've got a chance to you know put the game away with a field goal or really put it away with a touchdown. And Desmond Ritter throws one of the most inexplicable interceptions in a season of inexplicable turnovers. Carolina marches ninety yards on a defense that's usually pretty good. I mean, that's just the Atlanta Falcons experience. That's how it works here. So do you have an inkling on this game? Because the Bears are actually favored. They are at home. It's going to be cold. There's a small chance of, of some snow. I don't think it's going to be that significant. But um, any feel for, for what might happen Sunday? Zero. How do you feel for this team? I mean, I, I, I'm, Same on this side. <laughs> right. I mean, I, you know, if you, if you told us which Bears team and which Falcons team were going to show up, if the best of these two teams show up, it'll be a fun game. If one of them shows up and throws out a stinker, you know, it, it, there's just – this is how you get to be six and nine and seven and eight is you are kind of an inconsistent mess. And so, you know, let's roll the dice out there and see which two teams show up. All right, Josh. Well, we appreciate the insight. We'll be following you at Josh, the athletic on Twitter. And of course on the athletic. Thanks so much, man. Thanks for having me. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven us based live customer service from discover Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. So, Johns, I found that super interesting that, you know, and that's why we bring in 
reporters that cover these other teams to sort of get their perspective. And it makes a lot of sense that I don't know that they can afford to, you know, take a stab at Justin Fields if Arthur Smith is coming back. But that being said, my what else? What are their other options? Like if you're making a list of trade candidates, Justin Fields should be at the top of them. Um, but he threw out Kirk Cousins' name, and there's you know Kirk Cousins could very well be available too. True, true, but he's a free agent. Yeah, right. He's coming out of contract, and I would think the Vikings want to to resign him. I mean, Adam, there might be sixty quarterbacks, about sixty quarterbacks who who play games <laughs> yeah. this year for in, in the NFL. Like that, that is an insane amount, yep. and a lot of them aren't good. I'm convinced that Justin Fields is good. Now, he's not great. That's why we're in this predicament with the Bears. Um, that's why it becomes maybe a more complicated decision than it should be, in a sense. You know, we went through that our, our last podcast. But um, if I'm an opposing team who has questions at quarterback and you're, like, making lists of potential trade candidates or potential options, we've known, we, we, the Bears have done this in the past. Ryan Pace did this, you know, like Matthew Stafford, like – They've created lists like this in the past. Yeah. I would imagine that Justin Fields, like, he has to be on it if you're the Atlanta Falcons, and it has to be a serious discussion. Russell Wilson might be on the list. Oh, yeah. Now he is for sure. Since he's he's basically out the door in Denver. Uh, actually, he literally might be out the door. I got the sense, just especially with that tweet from, we see this, like, quarterbacks just go away. The Marcus Mariota did last year with the Falcons. Yeah. He just, bye-bye. And... Wasn't with the team the last year. Wasn't few weeks. a TV show included. Just to see. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of awkward watching the quarterback on Netflix uh, when we got to the final episode. All right. Well, that's the Falcon situation. And, and there certainly are a lot of connections to the Bears here. We'll see how this game plays out on Sunday. And we got to talk about it. So let's get to our three big questions. Three big questions. I'm keeping uh, speaking of, you know, big picture, little picture. Here's big picture questions. Bigger. Bears roster concern, running back or center? I like bringing up this because Bijan Robinson is going to be a tough one to tackle on Sunday. Okay. So, but we're talking Bears running backs. What's the bigger concern here? Uh, 100% center. Um, wait, is this a bit, is this about this week or just overall? No, overall. Okay. Yeah. Center. 100% center. Running backs, you can. We've seen it. I mean, it's been choppy this year with the Bears running backs, but, you know, Khalil Herbert looked a lot better last week. You can always find somebody to plug in, which would be the argument for doing the opposite of what the Falcons did, you know, in the draft. The draft beat John Robinson as good as he is. Um, center has now been an issue for a while with this Bears team, and it's, to me, frustrating. And they got to use, whether it's, a considerable amount of free agent money on a guy they know is good or, you know, at least a second round pick on a center, which right now they don't have a second round pick. Yeah. They got to get this fixed in the offseason. I, I think we've seen in recent years, young centers drafted high first three rounds come in and be immediate starters. Again, I think there's a pretty good track record of that, at least as of late. And I'm for that scenario, Right. Go draft a true center, not someone you could think you can move to center. Go draft a center who has played that position for multiple years in college, who is comfortable pointing out the Mike linebacker, communicating with the quarterback, and all of that. Find that experience. Find a good one. Go draft one. Yeah, 100%. Especially if you end up moving back with that second first-round pick. Maybe acquire a second rounder, and then you can use that later first rounder, or maybe it's an early second rounder, whatever it ends up being on a center. That's kind of a sweet spot to find these guys that end up playing for a long time. They got to get it fixed. All right. Bigger Bears roster concern part two pass rusher or wide receiver? You know, it's interesting because at both spots, they have a number one. That's why I merged these two. But they don't necessarily have a top number one, right? Like Montez Sweat's been great, unbelievable. But he's not 
you know, considered in the Max Crosby, Khalil Max of the world. Maybe he will. Maybe he'll still get better. Maybe oh, there's still he, chance I think for that. he flirts with it. Yes, well, he yes. is right now, yes. but yeah, he never did in Washington. And maybe he was just being overshadowed by the rest of the guys on that D-line. So maybe that's coming. That'd be great. Um, and it, it, honestly, that part doesn't matter. They have they have number ones at both of these positions. But I, I, I look at both of these spots right now, and I'm like, but who the hell are your number twos? Who Do you have enough depth at either of these positions? Um, my answer to this right now, if you're going to make me pick between the two, is actually going to be a wide receiver, though. Because And I was thinking about this yesterday. I'm like, if Darnell Mooney's out the door, and I think we both think he probably is, and even if he's not, like they need more wide receivers. They they don't they don't have who are their other wide receivers? You're going in the next year feeling great about Tyler Scott, Valus Jones Jr. I, I, they need help at wide receiver. And I would almost say with the emergent and the reason why I'm going with wide receiver over pass rusher is basically because the defense is better right now overall. Like the impact you would get from another wide receiver to winning football games, I think would be greater just because you need more help on offense than defense. I think they add at both positions in the offseason. If you look at some of the advanced stats, one, they'll tell you that the Tez effect, it's real. The Tez factor, it's real. But you know what? The Bears still aren't destroying quarterbacks. They could be better at rushing the passer, um, where Matt Eberflus doesn't have to simulate pressures or send different pressures at quarterbacks in order to get them off their spot. The, the Tez effect as a multiplier has been greater than the DJ Moore effect on the wide receivers. Ooh, that's a great now, way to put it. you could probably make the argument, though, that DJ Moore's presence has helped open up Cole Komet's big season. I think that there's probably been a multiplier effect there. But what about with the rest of these wideouts? It, it really has not been the same as the effect that that Montez Sweat has had on on that defensive well, line. And by the way, they still need a three technique, in my opinion. Oh, I think that becomes part of the quarterback conversation. The, the, the last thing I would say about well, wide receiver, whether you're keeping Justin Fields or drafting Caleb Williams or Drake May first overall, I think you have to draft the receiver at some point as well. 100%. And there's, there's some good, good class wide class. receivers. Great class for him. Did you see that kid last night on USC? Was it is his name Taj Washington, I want to say, the senior? Um He's already declared for the draft, and he still played. Um, he's also a senior. He had some he had some eligibility left, but I guess he declared. He still played, and he played really well. There's a lot of talent running around right now in these bowl games. I could already I've already seen the. Uh, doesn't look like USC missed Kale Williams. It, 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 that was ridiculous last night. That's a to- total sidebar, but like. Are we really making conclusions about a quarterback who didn't play in the game and the game was a bowl game? These bowl games, you don't know who's motivated by what. Louisville lost to Florida State. How invested were they in that game last night? Because they look like a completely different team than they were all year. Like, come on. We're not. If if you want to poke holes in Caleb Williams, just focus on the Notre Dame game. Don't 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 focus on a game he didn't even play in. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you're gonna focus on anything, how about that he was there and cheering them on and like yeah. welcoming everyone to the sidelines and all that. Yeah, and he was all over that. You know, he, you could tell him how happy he was for. Yeah, I'm blanking on the kid's name now. The QB. I watched like most of his game. Morris. Last night. Yeah. The, Is that right. No, something like no. That. No, but they but they were all very happy for this USC quarterback. Um, Did I just cre- create a human being? <laughs> Miller Moss. Miller Moss. See, I knew it was something Eminem related. Mitch Morris. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun though. It was it's a close. You know, it's close. These these games. Uh, a lot of these games have been tough to watch. This was so Mitch Morris, redshirt sophomore. You know, this guy was a big time recruit too, though. Like, like let's not yes, make he's conclusions off Caleb well. Williams again on a game he didn't play in a bowl game. Get me out, get out of here. All right, question okay. number three. Um, <laughs> this might be a little bit rep- repetitive, but I wanted it in here because of Josh. 
joining the show. The Falcons obviously up this week. Number three, how robust and competitive will the trade market be for Justin Fields? I think it's going to be more competitive than most think. All it takes is like one team thinking it's betting against itself. <laughs> A lot of this is just sort of my own instinct, but I'm looking around the league and I'm looking at the subpar quarterback play and I'm looking at basically the question of how many teams would prefer to have Justin Fields right now over the quarterback that they have, which is a big argument for those that want to keep Justin Fields. And I get it. The problem is the Bears have access to Caleb Williams. Most of these other teams are not going to have access to Caleb Williams or Drake May. Unless, or Jaden Daniels, unless they want to trade a lot of capital to move up and get one of these guys. When they can give up less capital and get Justin Fields. And I just think that by the time we get to February, by the time we get to the NFL Combine, and those scenarios are laid out in these front offices, I, I just feel like there's going to be one team that feels compelled to take a chance on Justin Fields, perhaps even for a first-round pick. I w- I'm not ruling out a first-round pick. It's, I'm not saying that that's likely, but I'd be shocked if it's less than a, than a two. I think this is going to require like a lot of patience, too. Because the evaluations of these draft prospects aren't over. You almost have to prepare yourself for potential surprise. Like, you could be sold on Caleb Williams on January 5th. Like, this is where we're going. But you know what? What if there's, like, some accident or something, you know? Like, you like the have... the Jalen Carter thing last year. Yes, yes. Or, or, like, he goes ice skating and he slips and falls or something. I just don't feel like Caleb Williams is ice skating in this scenario. <laughs> okay, um, riding his bike. <laughs> okay, I'm with you on that one. Okay. <laughs> it's winter here in Chicago. Yeah. Um, bear with me. Uh, bear weather. Uh, but but you get my point, right? Like, And I think some of the teams that might be interested in Justin Fields will probably want to get their evaluations complete. Right, like some of these teams may convince themselves, you know, we got a shot at Jaden Daniels, you know, at the end of the first round. Until you don't, yeah. Now I got to call Ryan Poles. It, it's interesting because I would, on one hand, I would think that you, if you're going with Justin Fields, you'd want to figure that out before free agency. You'd want to make that pivot before free agency. Um, if you're the team acquiring Justin Fields. On the other hand, like you just said, I mean, there might be some teams that aren't sure until literally draft night if they can get J.J. McCarthy. Yeah. Right? Or Jaden Daniels. And maybe they lose out on them. And then maybe that's when they want to go for Justin Fields. It's going to be complicated. That window from the combine where a lot of conversations happen to, like, the draft, like, those are going to be that's a big window for Ryan Poles if he's making that change at quarterback, right? It's not only the evaluations of the rookies, but the conversations of what the trade market could yield for, well, Justin Fields. It'll be interesting to see what this packing order is. You know, Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson, Justin Fields, they're all going to have their own arguments. Fields is obviously the youngest. Most that's explosive. The other, that's the other part of it. Like you could go all in on your pitch to to Kirk Cousins, and he's gonna be like, "Well, I like my house in Minnesota. I'm just gonna stay here yeah. for two more years." Right. Now that he lives in Michigan in the off season. Close enough. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's get to over unders as well. Uh, these are always submitted via Twitter. As we. Talk about more specifically this game against the Falcons. Yep, let's go fast. The amount of times Bijan Robinson does something amazing. This is from TJ. Sorry. The amount of times Bijan Robinson does something amazing that makes you want to throw something at the TV over under three and a half. You know what makes me want to throw something at the TV? The amount of times this guy on my fantasy team got me like less than five points this season. 
It's been a I I, I like Bijan a lot, but it's been up and down. And and, and it's and, and it was interesting hearing Josh talk about this because he's like, well, when they use them, it looks pretty good. And then there's just they sometimes they don't. Like, okay, well, maybe use your dynamic weapon. So I'm gonna take the under on this, especially when you consider the Bears run defense and the focus that they're gonna have on stopping Bijan this week. Yep, I'm going with the under. Uh you may get one, two runs. Yeah. Um, but the Bears' run defense is the best in the league. Um, this is from Trevor. Number of times a receiver screen goes for negative yards. I'm assuming this is for the Bears. <laughs> two and a half. I'm going to go just under, but there will be two of them. Two. We almost got the Valus Jones Jr. Uh, Tyler Scott um, double um, jet sweep uh, last week. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going so under. I'm so two. sick of this. There'll be one for like negative four yards, and everybody will be extremely unhappy. Um, this is from Cole. Number of times Fields gets visibly frustrated at Getsy this week over or under one and a half. I'll take the under. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was like the first time we've seen it all year, and according to Matt Eberflus, um, that instance against the Cardinals was a debate whether to be under center or in pistol. My guess is Getsy just forgot to put that part in the play call. Yeah. And he's just like, yeah. And, and Fields just wanted to get going. And just, it's hard to communicate out there sometimes. I don't think that that was that big of a deal. Um, I'm going to take the under. Same. This is from Ron. Over the times mentioned Justin Fields is from Georgia. Over, under, on the times mentioned Justin Fields is from Georgia. Three and a half. It's a pretty high number. Uh, 100% comes up a couple times. I'm gonna say under though. I think I'm gonna I think, say you're gonna get like and the Georgia native something like that. Yeah, so that counts in my book. So maybe you get four or five. Okay, so you're going over. All right. One this more. Is, this is from the real Mikey. Mentions of Justin Fields' hypothetical future in Atlanta or elsewhere outside of Chicago over under two and a half. I'll take the over on that. Same. Yeah, I'll take the over on that one. I think there's at least three. Be pre-game. I don't know if we're factoring halftime, but there might be a halftime discussion, and then it'll get it'll come up again at some other point. So, some good over unders this week. I like it. Fun. All right, let's get to the game. It's on CBS. Uh, make sure you check that. It's weird that two NFC teams are playing on CBS, but it does happen usually like once a season these days. So CBS noon Falcons at Bears. The Bears are a three point favorite. In this game, bold predictions. I am going to go with Cole Komet scoring twice. And I think it qualifies as bold because he didn't practice yesterday. We don't yeah. necessarily know he's 100% playing. <laughs> he was out of I, practice, though. He was there. Yeah, I, I look, he's, he's one of the toughest players on the team. I think he's fi- going to find a way to get on that field. And I think he's got a decent matchup this week. So I think Cole Komet finds the end zone twice. That's my bold prediction this week. Wow. 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 I'm going to say four sacks for the defense. Bears defense. Okay. I wanted to say five, but that might be getting carried away. I'm going to say four sacks from the Bears defense. They're all over Taylor Heineke. They stop the run, force the ball into Heineke's hands, and becomes a long day for the Falcons. Okay. Fair enough. All right, let's uh let's get to the predictions for the game. You you want to start? No. Okay. okay. I'll start. I'll go. I'm gonna stick with the same kind of point range that I've been in the past few weeks. Um I think the safe bet is that the Bears defense is gonna be who they are. It may get interesting in the fourth quarter. It might be nice if the offense does its part a little bit more, but I'm gonna say twenty three. 16 Bears. I think the defensive progress is wheel, wheel, real. It's wheel. Wheel. It's wheel. Um, They have every right to be excited about what they're doing. I like that Jalen Johnson's talking about shutouts. That's where their mindset is at. I don't know if they do it, um, but I think they could beat the Falcons. Yes, 23 16 Bears. I wonder about the Falcons' motivation in this game. Um, they're still technically in it. 
they did play better last week. I think Heineke gives them a little bit of a boost, but I think the challenge this week is is much tougher against this Bears defense. Um, I don't feel great about this at all, but I am picking the Bears. I think we were, we're underestimating the Falcons a little bit. I think this is going to be a little bit more of a slugfest. Not a lot of points scored. Maybe one of those games that ends up with a weird score. Bears 16, Falcons 15. Do you think that the Bears have like one offensive explosion game like left in them? I don't know if it comes this week because I think the Falcons defense is pretty good. I'm talking I, I, like like a like a Washington like game where yeah I, I, my answer to that question is no okay. um, because it should have been last week that should have been that yeah, game yeah. they're up twenty one nothing they 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 that could have been and should have been that game and it didn't happen in the second half and I think that's part of why I was sort of disappointed at how it all played out uh, towards the end because and you heard that with Justin yesterday by the way like they have this goal of twenty eight points they got to twenty seven and he wasn't happy with it because. Like, they had 21 in the first half. He thought they could have scored, scored 40, and they probably should have. So, um, yeah, I it, the the better op the opportunity would probably be against that that Falc. Uh, sorry, the Packers defense next week because Joe early. Barry's. We, we, we can't talk today. No, we can't. Well, that's my that's the first time I couldn't talk. <laughs> <laughs> You're keeping track. Well, for me, yeah. Um, regardless. That Packers defense is a mess on the back end. So I would say next week would be a better opportunity to go off offensively. But then again, you're playing the Packers, and it just doesn't really never, ever happen. It never, ever works that way. So that's <laughs> the hesitation there. So anyway, those. so we both got the Bears winning. I have a little bit lower scoring game and tight with a one-pointer uh, with the Falcons covering. But um, there you go with Bears and Falcons. That's not cliche talk. That's real talk. All right, five other games to get to here. We start Saturday night on ABC. Um, I believe this is your Monday night football game this week, even though it's on Saturday because Monday night is the uh, they got the we got the college football oh, doubleheader yeah. playoff going on on Monday. So uh, you're getting a Saturday night Monday night game. ABC seven fifteen. It's the Lions at the Cowboys. Cowboys are six point favorite. Seems like a lot. I thought so too. Yeah, I'm gonna take the Lions to the cover. I'm gonna take the Cowboys. Cowboys have been very good at home. They've they've been scoring like crazy this year uh, at home. I, something about this Lions team. I don't I don't like how they're they're not peaking at the right you time. You think they're a pretender, not a contender? I think they're a pretender for the Super Bowl. Yeah. I, I I mean I obviously they already won the North. Good for them. Um, to double check. I did. Can they improve their playoff seeding here, or are they pretty much locked into where they're at? Let's see if I get a quick look here. Conference. Uh, okay, so they are the three. Okay, they could technically move up to the two, but the Eagles have a very easy final two games here. So if the Lions lose this game, they're the three seed most likely. I guess technically they could still be the one. Everyone's 11 and four up there. So yeah, there's still something to play for there. Um, I just think the Cowboys have been too good at home. I'm gonna take the Cowboys. Okay, that's that is a lot though. I don't feel great about it. All right, next one. We tried to reach out to the man who died in this pursuit. Uh, they were unavailable for comment. Micah, back. Still one of the best. CBS Noon. Dolphins at Ravens. Man, the Dolphins are just grinding through a tough December schedule. Yeah, yeah. This- um, I don't think we're appreciating what they're doing enough. I, I love their story. I, I don't know if they're a contender or pretender. Um, I think this game is interesting, but as we saw in prime time last week, the Ravens are for real. They just beat the 49ers. They'll beat they'll beat the Dolphins by that by that margin. They'll they'll cover. It'll be a good game, but they'll cover. So yeah, this is an interesting this is interesting for a few reasons. Um first of all I do think the Dolphins are a contender and not a pretender. And the biggest reason why is Vic Fangio's defense is secretly been one of the best yes, here yes. late in the season. And what he does this week against this Ravens offense, 
I think it will be very interesting. Is that Vic comes up with these plans that just you don't see coming. And this sort of reminds me of it's it's a much different type of offensive um, scheme and quarterback you're going up against. But remember what Vic did in December to the Rams when he broke Sean McVay's offense. Yes. And so right now, it seems like the Ravens are humming, but what is Vic Fangio going to have up his sleeve in this game? It's also interesting to me because from an offensive standpoint, the Ravens are getting a very similar matchup here in terms of scheme going from Kyle Shanahan to Mike McDaniel. So, But different personnel. I know. Extremely different personnel. Yes, although the 49ers have weapons all over the place, and they don't have Tyreek Hill's speed. Or Jalen um, Waddles. Although Debo Samuel's exceptional in his own right. The hook on this is where I'm going with Dolphins. I just think three and a half is a little bit too much here. I like the Dolphins to keep this close. Maybe a little bit of a letdown after the Ravens. We've seen this a lot this year, by the way. The team that gets crowned is like, whoa, look at the best win of the year. And then the next week they lose. I think the Ravens did it earlier this year once, too. Did they kill the Lions and then the next week lose to the Browns or something like that? So, I'm I'm taking the Dolphins. Okay. I like it. Oh, did I pick? Yeah, Ravens. What'd you do? No, I picked the Ravens. You did? Yeah. You did. You did not change it now. All right, Fox Noon, Cardinals at Eagles. Eagles are 10.5-point favorite. Trying to get back on track. Um, you want to see a team blow out the Cardinals? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> I think it's well. Coming. Let me present you Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, they're gonna win by two touchdowns here. Yeah, I uh, I'll I'll take the Eagles too. I, th- I, th- I think that makes sense. Uh, where where's our friend Patrick Finley? CBS Noon Panthers at Jaguars. This is the game of the week for the so Bears. Like, We're a little delayed in this podcast even bringing this up, but if the Jaguars win this game, John's the Bears lock up the number one pick. Yes, yes. Um, so I included the Cardinals because they have the second overall pick right now, right? So count on the Eagles beating them. But, like, the Jaguars aren't playing well, man. <laughs> no, they're not. Like, I'm a bit... If if you're Ryan Poles, you're 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 watching this game because Trevor Lawrence is is clearly hurt with multiple issues, and they're reeling bad now. And the Panthers seem to be playing a bit better for Chris Tabor, like we just talked about with Josh. They they beat the Falcons not too long ago. Like I'm concerned about this game. I, I'm I'm picking the Panthers to cover. I don't think they win, but this game is going to be very interesting. Yeah, I picked the Panthers last week against the Packers to cover, and that was only five points. That it's, game was interesting. Yeah, it came right down to the wire. Now, for a while, it looked like the Packers were going to cover easily, and then they, they gave it up late. Um, I, I'm going to do the same thing here with two extra points. I'm going to take the I'm going to take the Panthers to cover against the Jaguars, and I think this is this is probably a game that's simultaneous with the Bears game, and that that Bears fans are going to be sweating out trying to you know. I'm already picturing Greg Braggs Jr. just yelling and throwing things at about 250. Yeah, but what else is new? <laughs> <laughs> and and it's and he won't even be watching the Bears game at that point. He'll just be watching what the what the Jaguars are are blowing against the Panthers at that point. I mean, pretty much lock that up. Like this um, this one is like the Panthers are definitely covering, but they could win. Yeah. All right, uh, finally. the Packers, Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, Gold Bears. NBC, 720, your Sunday night game. Packers at Vikings. Vikings are a two-point favorite. Despite the fact that watching Nick Mullins is just not an enjoyable experience. I do not recommend Who's playing quarterback? I don't think he's playing quarterback from this. He's not? Are they going to go to... Jaron Hall? Jared Hall? I, I thought I read that, that it's everything's on the table. But we don't know who's playing quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to have to take the Packers because of, of that situation. Hmm. They cover and win. 
I think if they're if they're gonna bench, first of all, I think they should be playing Jaron Hall, who's the the rookie out of BYU. Um, I mean, what are you getting at this point with Nick Mullins, Josh Dobbs? He, technically, the playoffs are still available for you. I get it, but I don't know. I, I I'm gonna take the Packers. I don't feel great about this at all. I just don't think the Vikings are that good. I think their defense is for real. Yeah. But when, but when you're... It's never good when you're talking about starting Nick Mullins or Josh Dobbs or yeah. the, the other guy. <laughs> Why am I blanking on his name? You just said it like two seconds ago. Jared Hall. Jared Hall. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, there's your picks for the week. We both have the Bears winning. And um, I'm just going to say this now. It'll be the last time I pick the Bears to win a game this season. Because I am not falling into the trap next week of picking them to beat the Packers again. Just not doing it. They might get me. Go Bears. If they well, how many times are we going to do that? Why not? <laughs> he hates kids. Aaron Rodgers hates kids. It's probably true. All right. We're out of here. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. You can follow the show at Hogan Johns on Twitter as well. Get all the merch at HoganJohns.com. Thank you for hanging with us today as we jump into week 17, Bears and Falcons. We will be back on Sunday following the game to wrap it all up. Well, the Bears have the number one pick in the NFL draft locked up by the time we start that show. It's very possible. We'll find out. Go Jaguars? All right, we got to say it like a Chicago one. Jaguars. Go Jaguars. Go Jags. Yeah. Talk down Sunday. See ya. He hates kids. Aaron Rodgers hates kids.